Hello and welcome to episode 5 of season 2 of Dissecting Electric World Jams. We've got a lot to get through today, so um, I'm not going to dilly-dally with uh, too much introductory rabble, uh, although a case could be made that I'm doing that at this very second. So, feedback. Okay, uh, a, a lot of a lot of feedback for the, for the last episode, and justified justified. I I sometimes, uh, you know, I, I have to come off my take a step down from my ivory tower, address the masses, hear what they have to say, uh, and do my apology tour. And, and in effect, that's what this will be. Uh, there's two two pieces of feedback, and well, and, and as a connection, two apologies that I have to make for that feedback. Number one, and both of this were for my uh, former flatmates, so thank you for keeping me honest, flatmates. Uh, number one, Billy Dovey, uh, he correctly pointed out that in reference to my ignorance of the first line of the DMX song, um, uh, it was to do with tapes, so I didn't actually look it up, but uh, I, I said I, I didn't know what they were, and Billy corrected, correctly pointed out that... Uh, DMX talking about tapes doing time that was his his mixtapes um, that he was recording prior to his album so I, I was off my square there I'm sorry now this is uh, the, the second piece of feedback is well it's it's serious it's serious um, particularly in a profession that I'm in and with the education that I've had uh, you know doing something like this is is unacceptable, uh, and in my industry, it's it's sacrilege. You're you're a black sheep. You're blacklisted after that. Um, so you need to be really careful, and you need to be on your toes. Uh, and that's why I say with a heavy head and a heavy heart, and I'm hanging my head. Uh, listeners of DLWS, I I plagiarized. Yep, doesn't feel good to say, but I did it. Now I didn't plagiarize content. But what I did do is I, I, I plagiarized uh, music, a theme song, in fact. Specifically, the X-Files theme tune. And thank you for uh, to Fred, who spotted that and, well, kept his eagle ear out, is that? That's probably non-expression, but eagle eye doesn't work. But that is a song, that is a tune, rather, a theme song from... Quickly Kevin podcast with uh, Josh Widdicombe. It's a very funny podcast. I haven't listened to it in a while, but there is absolutely no excuse for that that plagiarism. Uh, if it if it counts for anything, I don't know if this would hold water in a court of law. I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to, ref. Um, it was an honest mistake, a subconscious decision, I feel. I'd like to send my sincerest apologies to the Josh Widdicombe and the Quickly Kev team, but more importantly to you lot because you deserve better and when we do get to the general topic you're going to hear something radically different so once again I apologise um, you know it's a life motto of mine to, to never make the same mistake twice so that's the first time I've ever done it and by god I hope it's the last otherwise it's going to be a painful road back hip hop news 
A lot of news. A lot of news. Uh, I think the biggest news this week is that Eminem dropped a surprise album. Caught us all off guard, I think. Uh, it was a uh, in classic Eminem form. This was an album drenched in controversy. He he was calling a lot of people out. But before we get to the specifics, my a quick thing about Shady. He's look. His standards have dropped over the past year, uh, past ten years, I should say. I don't mean that as a slight against M. It's just when you set yourself such high standards, so uh, for such a long period, sustained period, standards will ne- in- inevitably slip, and that's a problem we've had here uh, for a lot of it. I think his lyrically, he's always been strong, but by God, some of his hooks have been shocking. His production has been shocking, and. The albums that he's packaged have been shocking. Look, I don't take any pride or pleasure in saying that, but as as, as a podcast host to many loyal and interested parties, I have to be honest with with if not myself, then who? But this album, this album was a pleasant surprise. It really was. I listened to it the whole way through, and I'll give it a seven out of ten. A couple of songs he almost drifted off, and I was very worried when I saw um, two uh, Jesse Reyes songs because she's a big vocalist. I was worried they were going to get this big Celine Dion style hook, uh, but fortunately she was she wasn't like that, and she actually gave a quite 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 a creative input to to, to both songs, which I I, I did enjoy. Uh, I didn't like Kamikaze and I didn't like Stepping Stone, but those first four songs uh, I really enjoyed. So uh, bravo to Em, and well done for not bringing you know, Ed Sheeran or Gwen Stefani again, because, um, come on, who are you kidding? Come on. It was also good to see uh, Royce back in there, Royce to 59 who's part of that D12 collective, and they, those guys have been loyal to each other since the day they were started out as rapping as young whippersnappers on the, the streets of Detroit, Michigan, so good on him. And then the controversy, of course, that's characteristic of M. Uh, he called out a lot of people, he called out strains of the genre, you know, this, this, the scissor strain is what I call it. Uh, Lucky You was, dare I say, uncharacteristically trappy, but uh, I don't know if that's M moving with the time or coming to it, but he... he he called out Joe Budden, he called out Ja Rule, he called out Charlemagne, he called out Lil Pump, and he called out Machine Gun Kelly, he called out a few others, those are the most notable. So a combination of pundits and performers there. I felt, now this is the interesting thing, when, when someone gets a shout out, whether it be uh, for, for positive reasons or negative, the, the reaction is almost always the same flattery that they've been mentioned by M, you know, Eminem won't. He'll say he won't say. Oh, Eminem! I, I think Kendrick Lamar's so good. He won't say that, but he'll say I've inspired them, and that's that's his sort of pseudo anointment of of who he who he ranks. And he does that. He does that with J. Cole Hobson, who who gushed like Niagara on on Twitter a few days ago when he found out. But he also called out Lil Pump, and Lil Pump thanked him and said, "I needed to hear that etc." But then the interesting one was Machine Gun Kelly, and he, you know, he did it. He went on Instagram. He popped some champagne, literally 
celebrating his mention, either because he was waiting for that mention or because he was happy that he, he got it. I think it was the former, and I'll tell you what vindicates that uh, opinion, is the fact that three days later, he released a diss of Eminem, and it's not some kind of subliminal. It is a full-scale, 4 minute 47, hardcore diss. We know you get nervous, rabbit. I see mama's spaghetti all over your sweater. I wish you would lose yourself in the records that you made a decade ago. They were better. According to them, you're a national treasure. To me, you're as soft as a feather. The type to be scared to ask Rihanna for a number. Just hold her umbrella, Ella, Ella. I'm not afraid. Okay, Oscar the Grouch, chilling the couch. And here's the real kicker. God, I hate it when people say that. You know when, you know when it's some kind of detective show and you know the, the, the fucking nerdy scientist has come along to the detective and he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know that blood spatter report I showed you? Yeah. Not only does that data re- reveal that the, that the victim was a woman and that she was at the she was at the, the bar on a Saturday, but here's the real kicker, John. She wasn't there on a Saturday. And then the detective will go. What do you mean? How can she be at two places at once? And then the, the guy will go, Because she's got a twin. And it's just uh, the most grating thing. Um, anywho. But yeah, MJK, MJ, MGK, Machine Gun Kelly, this six foot four, lanky, uh, white dude from the, from the Midwest. Not unlike Eminem, although not lanky. Uh, he went in. And it's a really good diss. That's the kicker. It's a really good diss. It's called Devil's Hand. Um, plays in a lot of different things. Um, and I recommend that you all check it out. It's on It's on the tube. Uh, as a song as well, it's good. He's got a hook in it as well, so it's not just, you know, an endless stream of bars. He, he gets on a lot of things. And I hope Eminem responds, because I think Eminem's a bit shook from it, personally, if I was to, to Dane on the mind of M. Because A, probably wasn't expecting it. B, do you respond and risk tarnishing your reputation if you don't ruin this guy? Or C, do you just cowardly back out? He's got himself into a pretty tricky position. And it's a pretty sticky wicket out there. So, pad up, Em. Pad up. Um, but good stuff, nonetheless. Another bit of news. Uh, Childish Gambino dropped uh, a new music video, a new song um, called uh, Feels Like Summer. Uh, quite a weird thing to be dropping uh, in September, but um, it was a good song nonetheless. And, you know, it got onto BBC News because BBC News will publish anything that Childish does these days. And, you know, it's always got to be a social commentary. Um, and, yeah, it features a lot of, it's an animated video and it features a lot of rappers, one of them being Kanye West in a MAGA hat, crying, and obviously the Liberals, you know, tore that into pieces, oh, Gambino's with us and all that stuff, but I don't know, I think he was just trying to make music, so don't read too much into it, Um, but a good song, a good song, just the timing of it I thought was a little bit odd. Uh, Final piece uh, of news is that I saw a little tweety uh, on the old Twitter sphere that Pusha T will be dropping more music. Uh, that's a very generic thing for him to say. When I was at uh, his gig a few years ago, he'd be like, oh, King Push is coming out in a couple of months. Obviously he didn't, so this doesn't mean a lot. But he was he was doing a very nice thing. He was uh, FaceTiming a, a fan, a, a gamer who was shot quite badly a few times in the Jacksonville shooting at the gamer convention. 
and in in that correspondence with one another in that phone call, uh, Pusher Pusher said that he would be releasing more music after his tour. So hopefully, after he's done that tour, by the way, he's he's coming to to London this Christmas, I believe. Uh, when he's done with that, get ready for some more push. 2019 could be his year. Not that this wasn't. I'll get to that later. But for now, general topic. Okay, well, a few of you know already what the general topic is. Uh, it's not so much the general topic as another one of Swell Jam's surveys. And as part of the survey, I wanted to know what you thought was the best hip-hop album of the summer. And the answers... I was pretty surprised with some of them, and less surprised with others. Uh, so I sent out about 30 or so messages, because I wanted to... This week I wanted to democratise the general topic, um, because I didn't want this to all be about me. I know I said I'd do a review of my favourite albums, but I think this is a bit more enjoyable, and a bit more inclusive. And like I said... I, Sometimes you need to take a step out of your, your ivory tower and see what the peasants are drinking on a Monday, you know? <laughs> Just kidding, you're not peasants. And if you're peasants, I stand with you. But anyway, I sent out, I sent out about 30 messages to, to people I knew actually liked hip-hop. Um, uh, don't take offence if you didn't receive a message. I was just going off recents on, on my WhatsApp. Um, I got around 20 answers from you, from you guys, uh... Then a further five, I don't knows, and then uh, a final five of just blue ticks. So those people clearly were not interested in talking to me. Uh, but what I'll do is, there are there are eight albums that feature in this, but I was going to do five, and the only reason I'm doing eight is because it was a, ch- a joint, well, a three-way tie for fifth place. This is the Dissecting Lyrics with Swell Jam's Hot Summer List. Okay, hot summer playlist. I need to crystallise exactly what I'm going to call this, but maybe I'll have it by the end of this topic. Um, if not, it'll be on the bio of this episode or something like that. So what I'm going to do is I'll, I'll read each name out and uh, each album name out, and then say say a word or two in each one, and then we'll build up some anticipation, and we'll get to the the winner of the first ever dissecting lyrics with Swell Jams Hot Summer List. Um, good luck to all the contestants. So without further ado, let's kick things off. In a three-way tie for fifth place with one vote each, and bearing in mind there were 20 votes in total, one vote each, number one for fifth place, probably a good word about it, look, fifth place, Kanye West's Yay, one vote, Mac Miller's Swimming, one vote. Post Malone, one vote. Uh, I did not. Uh, I was beer, bo- beer pongs and Bentleys. Sorry. Um, as you may have just tell, been able to tell from that stumble, uh, I did not take the time of day to listen to Post Malone's beer pongs and Bentleys. It's not in my purview. Uh, but Mac Miller's Swimming, that was a good album. Um, he's continuing along that groovy jazz hip hop theme. Uh, that he that he set for himself in in Divine Feminine the album before, uh, this album was done in the aftermath of his his breakup with Ariana Grande. So there's definitely a lot of, I wouldn't say, 
any maudlin or pity, but there is this, there is a sense of introspection um, because I think he was wary or cognizant that he he had gone off the rails a bit, and it wasn't up to Ariana to keep picking himself back up. So it's a it's a mini autopsy that he's performing on himself, and it's it's got some really good songs. So I'm I'm happy that featured. To be honest, it didn't even cross my mind. But uh, as one site put it, it was it's it's more melodies than bars. It's not hip hop in the in the classic sense. And then Kanye West, yay! A uh, little bit surprised that only got one vote. I thought it would do better. That was a late entry as well. I only heard about the answer for that for you know about an hour recording, about an hour from recording this podcast. So, I mean, Mister Mister West probably isn't going to be too happy about that. I thought it was a good album. I'm wondering if. The, the the political cloud that that hovered over him uh, affected any of your lot's uh, opinion of it, but you know I I I don't think that that's the case for you guys. I think you just didn't think it was a a good album as the others you chose. So fair enough. I do I would say that I think Yikes from that album is the I'd say top three so top three songs in the in my hip hop summer songs playlist, uh, so I think guess that's a, a little bonus for you there, Kanye. A little curlicue of enjoyment for you to take home there. Um, but aside from that, sorry, not sorry. That's just the way it goes. <laughs> Number four, we have with two votes, Travis Scott's Astro World. Astro World has done incredibly well in the charts, perhaps controversially because of his girlfriend Kylie Jenner's involvement and promotion of it, but look, sometimes you just got to look at the hard data and the stats don't lie. It's done incredibly well. Uh, it was a damn good album, from what I've heard. It's based, I'm basing that on the critical response, the fan, result, the fan response, and inclusive in that fan response, my own friends who are fans of it, who who have been checking and charting his uh, career uh, quite closely. And they are huge, huge fans of it. So, uh, well done, Mr. Scott. You've done you've done well there. Uh, third place, because we don't want to ramble on too much, do we? Uh, this person is collecting the bronze medal. And I, I do hope he flies over the pond to collect his award, because it's waiting here. Uh, it's Mr. Mr. Kikudi. Mr. Kikudi's uh, Kids See Ghosts. Now, I know Mr. Kudi is probably... Is it Kudi or Kudi? Sorry. I know he'll be feeling a little hard done by when I reveal that uh, even though he got four votes, a lot more people mentioned him as one of, one of their favourites, but, but very few actually gave him number one. Uh, this joint album with Kanye was extremely good in areas, uh, it did extremely well in areas as well, uh, and I mean that as a sort of critical response, Needle Drop, uh, a, a well-known music critic, gave it a 10 out of 10, and he's only done that about five or six times to the to the tens of thousands of albums he's given, so I, I have to admit personally, I, I, I just didn't get on that train, or I got on that train and maybe got off at the wrong stop, because I didn't see it as that good. I thoroughly enjoyed the first half, but I felt it lost a bit towards the end. But, you know, I'm happy to defer to, defer to the masses here. Um, so well done. Well done, Kitty. Number two. It goes to someone who's been in the game 
since his breakup album, breakout album, I should say, in 1994. And I'd like to say he's been dominating ever since. But to say that would be plain deceitful on my behalf. And, uh, you know, when you produce something that good in, as your first album, you're, you're inevitably going to be cursed by the shadow of it that will loom over the rest of your career. But I think, you know, he's pulled it out here and the five votes that, that back him would, would be a testament to that. So, so Nas coming up here. Uh, God's Son, The Brave Prince, Part 1. Sorry, God's Son, The Brave Prince of Life, My Journey, Part 1. So hopefully there'll be a part two. But that was his the album name. Rolls right off the tongue, that one. Um, it's been a busy summer for Nas with his fashion line coming out too. Uh, another Yay collab, this album. I, I'm, I'm, I've always wanted to see the two together. I'm glad they struck gold. You know, it keeps the album keeps the Nas's gritty New York 90s style, but it imbricates itself nicely with Kanye's sort of modern rehashes and updates. And uh, a particular standout for me was the Slick Rick song. Um, that was that was impressive. It was a good album. Not my second, if that counts for anything. But I was that was the one I was probably most surprised about. Just not so much the dimensions, but purely the number of number ones it received from you guys. So um, well done, Nasir. And look, now it's time for the gold medal. It is my absolute pleasure to reveal the winner of Swell Jam's first ever summer playlist. And look, I'll admit that my votes did go for this person, but it was not decisive. It was not decisive. He won by a margin of two, a whopping two votes. So uh, don't start moaning to be about yeah, the popular vote, folks, because this boy won it fair and square. Ladies and gentlemen, the winner is Pusha T's Daytona. Now, this was a fantastic album from start to finish, and its replayability, something that is so often overlooked in hip-hop, is immense. Uh, I'd certainly attest to it being one of the best opening tracks that I've heard in a long time, I'd say alongside Yikes, this, that was my favourite hip-hop song of the summer. Um, and, you know, if you if you pick up on the pun here, Mr. T, we certainly do know. Yeah, I've, I've been off a bit. I haven't been great tonight, I'll, be, I'll give you that. Evidently, the producer of the year uh, was Kanye West. Because half of the albums he produced uh, were featured on this 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 chart list, so congratulations. Now I want to give an honourable mention to J Rock. I was surprised that no one even mentioned his album, let alone chose it as a number one. I for me it was my number two. It came very close to challenging Pusha T because there were, there were some really great songs on that. Um, I think part of the problem was that it just didn't. Uh, most of you just didn't even listen to it. Sorry, I don't want to point the finger, but I think that's true. I don't think it fell on your desk, and you didn't make an effort to go scouring for it. And for those of you that did, um, or were aware of it, perhaps didn't give it the time of day that it deserved. I know a couple. There are a couple of exceptions. Don't get me wrong, but I think by and large, I think you will need to. To just keep an eye a little bit more on the West Coast and see what's going on over there. It's not all Kendrick, 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 in spite of what this podcast always tells you. Uh, 
Now, the noteworthy exclusions, uh, I'm going to mention two here. Again, no mentions. One I'm not particularly surprised by, one I am a bit. The one I'm not particularly surprised by, because it's only me that seems to uh, have this admiration for her, is Nicki Minaj. Uh, uh, Barbie James, that was a great album, but no, no mentions from you. And then even more interestingly, no one mentioned Drake. And I know there's some Drake stands out there. Uh, he Non-Stop was probably my third favourite hip-hop album, but yeah, not a huge amount of replayability. I felt the album was too long. I know maybe I'm just part of the Twitter generation, I'm part of the problem, I've got a short attention span, but I'm sorry. That's how it is, that's how I feel. And I think the fact that none of you so much as mentioned him, well, that, that says something for itself, I think, so I'll just leave that there. Uh, and look, lastly, I know that was uh, eight, eight albums that was mentioned there, um, and it was meant to be five, but... As I said, it was a three-way type fifth, and I want it to expand. Um, you know, this isn't the Champions League qualifications. This is this is Swell Jam's summer playlist. So you you got to fight to compete. Um, I don't want any anyone getting disheartened or dismayed by their exclusion. They're just going to have to work harder for for next year's playlist. I don't. I I take my clout very seriously, uh, and I take my influence very seriously, and I, I don't want to lied to my listeners so to any rappers out there disappointed that they didn't make the cut well I'm sorry you're just going to have to produce better songs and better albums simple as that good luck see you in 2019 build up now let me tell you this guy has more style than a snake wearing slippers he's from New York where I am from and he's from Harlem where I'm not from in the 11 years or so that he's been active, this man has dropped three studio albums and one mixtape, picking up a few nominations in the process, albeit not many. Uh, unfortunately, the only award he's actually won thus far was the BET Award for, for his song Fucking Problems, which is his most popular song to date. Uh, probably, I mean, far from his best, but that's, that's the nature of the game. Uh, he formed a collective, uh, he formed that with his uh, with the late ASAP Yams, which I'll get to later. Uh, he's probably one of the no, he is the coolest guy in hip hop. He's getting on a bit though. Twenty nine years old. He's, you know, those those years are going to catch up with him soon. And hip hop, that's in hip hop years, that's probably about 40, 45, just to give you an idea. And then it just goes up exponentially after the thirties and forties. Don't even get me into that. Now, before I digress any further, ladies and gents, it's Racky Myers. AKA ASAP Rocky with a dollar sign. Now, ASAP, it's short for Always Strive and Prosper, Prosper, not Prosper, um, Prosperous. Uh, he, yeah, not to be confused with as soon as possible, that wouldn't make a huge amount of sense, but they make a, they've made a really good imprint on, on the hip hop zeitgeist and the New York culture, I think, particularly in hip hop. Their videos and music are always pretty cool. There's about 15 main players in it. Uh, they bring in people like Method Man. Uh, you know, a couple of my favorite ASAPs are, are, are Nast and Twelvey. Um, got a photo with Twelvey, Fred and I. Um, friendly guy, friendly guy. Um, escaping to some to some other club, God knows what. It was after Culture Clash at Hell's Court. So they were, that was in the aftermath of... Of I think, live love ASAP. It may have been around then. 
Um, but they got a great style, cool production. He's definitely ASAP himself. They, sorry to quickly say the last thing on on ASAP Mob, um, which is the collective. They did lose a, core, a key member, well, one of the founders, um, ASAP Yams, to a drug overdose. It was a very somber few months that followed, and I think it led to a recalibration of a lot of the 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 way they conduct themselves in, in their personal lives. It was it hit them hard, and, and as a token of sort of memory and uh, to eternalise him, if you will, the, in in Rocky's last album, they uh, <coughs> well, but prior to te- in the second last album, prior to testing at long last, ASAP, it was uh, that yeah they got Yams's birthmark on, on his cheek and they put that on, on Rocky for the the cover up, which was a very nice touch. But the the star of the collective, the star of ASAP Mob, is undoubtedly ASAP Rocky. He's been the face of it for, for the eleven years he's been active. Um, he is he's a Damn cool cat, as I've already alluded to. Well, I haven't alluded to it. I've expressly said it. I've I was tempted to go for one of his earlier mixtape songs because he's got a lot of good ones. But I felt the song that I've chosen was a really cool mashup, particularly in today's hip hop, where you know it was quite nice to get a refreshing switch up from from the the age old looping of Biggie and Park. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but it's always nice to mix it up with someone a little bit left of field and. So this song is is called Every Day, and there's that gorgeous hook featuring Rod Stewart and, and Miguel, and it's produced by Mark Ronson. And you know this, you get this lovely contrast between Stewart's weathered, raspy, raspy, probably a, a harsh word, seasoned voice um, against the, that smooth weekend esque uh, Miguel. Uh, his voice, you know, every day I'm drinking wine. Again, he go to another dimension, my mind, body, soul, and prison, my eye. Probably going ballistic, but listen, I'm missing a couple of screws. They ain't never do drilling, Drew. You've been sipping away at the truth. I double side of wisdom with do, do, do. Rolling, do, hitting switches, rolling dishes, blowing kisses to the bitches, holding biscuits. What's the business? Beat the system, go to business, blow the systems, go to prison, go to church, and pray the Father, love, forgive us. And only God can judge me, and he don't like no ugly. I look so fucking good, most likes are fucking buddy. Yeah, I'm a piece of shit, I know I plead the fifth. I tell a holler if you need some dick. Now, Rocky's not known for his lyricism. Although I wouldn't band him in with the 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 scissor class, I think he he is intelligible at the very least. Although he does sort of fall back on the same crutches of of women and and drugs, but I actually think this is quite a lyrical song, and 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 much like, and much like the the Mac Miller album, this is a very introspective song. It's got a bit of, a bit of more of a, a a spiked up beat, let's say. But uh, there's a lot of things going on here. I just don't get don't let the the coarse language detract you or distract you from from what's going on here the opening two lines you know it's very spiritual where rocky's talking about the third eye uh, where he alludes to it at least which is one of the several focal points in seven focal points in in chakra um that's uh, something you engage with in in meditation uh i actually prefer the sort of the the maharishi transcendental variation of of meditation but each their own it's just you know, as a quick sidebar, I just think transcendental is a little more, it's more a little more liberating because you're not being forced to focus on anything. You, you just kind of relax into your own state and you experience whatever goes through your mind, and that's just the draining process is releasing tension. But in this case, I don't think Rocky is meditating as such. Um, when he says "I'm off again," uh, it's probably more in reference to his his drug use, his psychedelic drug use, which he's spoken as his his favorite. 
um, and he's, he's he's dissected that a few times in quite a few interviews. So uh, I don't want to judge too much on him for doing that because it, it's a very powerful tool for for artists. Although I would say that there has been a slight slip in the standards of his albums. Um, I'm sorry, that's just what I think. Um, I thought testing was by and large quite a weak album, with the very very striking exception of Praise the Lord with him and Skepta, which was a fantastic song. He he hit he hit it out the park. So even if, if Rocky isn't making a good album, you know you'll always get a good song. But then back to this song. He continues this this theme of, you know, he's been drinking, uh he's been imprisoned by it, but he's been you know, he's been drinking, he's got the he's sipping away at the truth and he's got a double shot of wisdom. So in Vino Veritas, you get this in, in, in the drinking, the, the truth will come out. And it, it plays on what he's been saying in the, in the hook. Well, not him specifically in the hook, but where every day I'm drinking wine to feel fine. He's almost trying to numb him, his senses in the hook. But in, in the lyrics themselves, it's almost like we're getting a different perspective from inside his mind. Um, or just sort of this consciousness that he knows he's, he's filling himself up with with toxicities and he he's trying to combat that or he's trying to suppress certain feelings it's it's not entirely clear and then he goes on to he he talks about uh you know how he's living this rock star lifestyle which he knows and he and he's conscious that he he's living it and you know he's rolling up the blunt um he's uh hitting switches or sorry i think it's actually swishes which is a type of blunt um, and you know this is same old same old for the for the ASAP mob. You know, it's business as usual. He's got to deal with the girls. He's then going to go to court, and he's then going to see his folks in jail. Not his folks; they would be his parents. His his, his boys in jail. Um, he's very aware that he's living this this rock star life, and I think it's that awareness of it that adds to this introspection. It's not total delusion, or if it is delusion. He's aware of it. Uh, I don't know if that negates it being delusion, but I think that's an interesting point. And, you know, we get this gratuitous plea for jail, which I'll get to, for, for, for to God, which I'll get to in a bit. But, you know, this idea that he's going to jail and he's going to beat the system with co-defendants and blow the system. A co-defendant is, you know, where you've got other people in, in the dock with you. And because ASAP mo- ASAP's the uh, the mob boss, as it were, he'll he'll be getting someone else to take the fall because he's the brand. And again, it's this arrogance, this streak of uh, braggadociousness uh, that just follows him the whole way through. And then he suddenly goes to church, but he knows it doesn't mean a lot. And actually, earlier in that album, there's a song about Holy Ghost where uh, he doesn't he thinks he doesn't need to go to church to believe in God, which is you know a very Lutheran attitude. Uh, yeah, he he goes to church asking for repentance, and this is similar to the the Gunplay episode I was talking about. He's also pleased to God for forgiveness, but you know they both know that they're going to do go out and do the same thing. So it's just a bit gratuitous doing this. Um, we still see that arrogance, you know, filter through even in, even inside the four walls of the church when uh, he says, you know, God doesn't like the ugly, and he's so good looking that he could swing a dyke, you know, a, a masculine lesbian. So it's that braggadocious attitude that we're accustomed to that just keeps peppering the lyrics, which is funny to listen to, but you know, deep down, Rocky has got some kind of awareness of it. 
and you know he might be suffering from Icarus syndrome, but only God can judge him. And that's the the two part reference that he that he managed to slip in there. But then he's back at the courtroom and he's pleading the fifth. So you know you got this the the mind, the the judiciary, the church. There's actually a lot of different competing institutions going on here. It's just how Rocky conducts himself in each one, which is strikingly consistent. And he ends the song. I don't. I don't. I'm not sure that this bit doesn't play, but and then he just goes into his obstinate usual self and says, "Yeah, I'm a piece of shit. I know. Fuck it. Sleep when I'm dead, mate." And he says, "I'm going to plead the fifth, which is the right to be silent in in the U.S. court of law," and then just screams at her to to someone, "Holler if you need some dick." And that's basically it. It's a again. It's a, it's a difficult note to end on for Rocky, but. If you contrast it to the, the hook that he sings, or not that he sings, that that is sung, I think, he, and the music video where it's this gluttonous, difficult to tell if it's a man or woman, um, that, that's gliding about this opulent palace of a house, um, just in, just indulging in all of life's vices and riches. You see this awareness of Rocky that he knows it's going to come to an end at some point, and he knows what he's doing is ridiculous and... Um, and he, 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 and the 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 video ends with this poor person falling into the pool, and drowning with with money in a silk bathrobe. So I, I hope Rocky takes his own message, and he heeds it, um, because obviously that would be a horrible way to go. But that's the conclusion of the song. Uh, give it a full listen, please do. Uh, it's it's a great song, although I do think it kind of towards the end. It, gets a bit lazy, but the, those two verses are really strong from Rocky, and it's a great hook, and it's a great great bit of imagination that we don't see a lot of. So, give it a listen, let me know what you think. But uh, thank you very much for, for listening, for making it through this episode. Next week, I'll, I'll be bringing my, my brother, of all people, so no pressure on him. Uh, a couple of weeks after that, hopefully Freddie will come on. But it, there might be a brief hiatus at some point, Large is it just to find out what's going on with, with Yune and to see if I can use the studio and stuff so I can actually, you can actually hear my voice that much clearer. So, thank you all and bye for now. Yeah, ain't got no jury on, still I'm shining hard. Ain't got no bodyguard walking solo through the mall. Bitches and the hoes, now they see me, they like, there he go. They be like, there he go, school.